Hey there, everybody. Meteorologist Andrew Gorton here with Chief Meteorologist Dave Turley for this week's edition of the First Alert Weather Podcast. Dave, how are we doing out there? Everybody, well, at least over here with us, we're yes, doing all right. <laughs> Can't speak for everybody else, but yeah. I'm doing fine. My family is good. Hopefully your family and you are doing well, COVID-free yeah. and all that good stuff. Yeah, we're still doing good with that. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, hurricane season, COVID, that's not something we've heard a lot about with Ida, but yet a lot of people that had to evacuate. Um but we're going to focus more so on Ida itself because that was a nasty storm. You know, watching this, you last week and me over the weekend watching the storm evolve, we just knew that we were going to see this rapid intensification, and, and that's exactly what we saw. Yeah, and the ingredients were in place. You had that storm coming out of the Caribbean, moving into the Gulf, very warm waters of the Gulf. It passed over that little warm little pocket of, uh, what do they call it, a little warm eddy, eddy, yeah, eddy. of uh, water over there. Um into the Gulf and it really intensified and the upper level support was was there as well very light winds a good structure for it to breathe yeah, and it just intensified quickly you know and you know how I love my little tidbits my fun facts it's how I remember things with these storms it was tied for the fifth strongest to hit the mainland U.S. so max sustained wind was at 150 I did see some uh, a, a boat recorded a wind gust higher than that I don't know that they've gone back and confirmed it so we'll wait on throwing that number out there but it was just, it was interesting here. 16th anniversary of Katrina, going very close pathwise to this. But Dave, they were different storms. A lot of people were worried that since this was, you know, going in the same vicinity, that we were going to have similar impacts. And thankfully, Ida didn't end up being as bad for New Orleans itself as it could have been compared to Katrina. Yeah, but the thing that people have to really realize with Katrina, you, you, you always see the images of everything flooded out and everything. Um, I think the devastation was pretty much the same. The problem with Katrina is the levee system failed. So that's what was the problem with Katrina. They, they reinforced the levee system and it worked this time. So they didn't get the flooding that they saw from Katrina. And it was really, it was, it was because the, the, the Lake Pontchartrain and all the, um, the, uh, the support around the New Orleans area with that levee system, it failed. You know, that infrastructure was, you know, billions of dollars went into preventing that disaster once again. And, you know, rightfully so. It, it's hard whenever you have a city that's under sea level. I've, I went there yeah, after Katrina. It's crazy to think about. So I have, I've got my own memories of Katrina because we talked about this earlier. I was in seventh grade, <laughs> seventh grade uh, when this happened. Yeah, I was here. I was right uh, here. my fifth year here at TOC. Man. But I remember watching, my English teacher had pulled something up on it, and we were watching, and she was just telling us how this was going to be a big deal, and, you know, I was already interested in the weather. So um, after things calmed down a little bit down in the New Orleans area, I actually took a a trip uh, with the church group through Habitat uh, for Humanity as well, went down there, helped uh, clean up. uh, You know, also, we went to a couple different cities, one of which was Thibodeau. I would never have known how to say that if I saw it spelled out until Mm -hmm. I went there. Uh, And then also went into New Orleans, to help uh, kind of rebuild houses, clean up a bit. Didn't get into the ninth ward because it was just so bad still. I mean, right. even you can go there and still see empty lots where houses were this, you know, 16 years later. So that, that area was, was a mess and not accessible, but it really, it's one of those things that sticks with you. And it's crazy that we had a storm that was technically stronger than Katrina because this was a cat four, but we have to remember with Katrina was, it was a five, but it weakened into a three as it made landfall. Now we talk about the differences and every storm is different. So you can't compare the two just because they're on the same track. So the difference here with Katrina, and this is one of the big deals with this is that the wind field was huge. 
So looking at the wind field here, you had a much wider wind field, which is the, the wind that extends out from the center of circulation uh, that control or contains tropical storm force winds. So for Ida, it went about 140 miles out from the center, but for Katrina, it went about 230 miles out from the center. That's, That's just for tropical storm force wind. Right. So obviously your hurricane force wind went out stronger or further than that too with Katrina. Even though it was a weaker storm, you had stronger wind that went out a little bit further. And a way you could kind of visualize that would be Ida's uh, stronger wind were contained a little bit close to the center of circulation. So with a wider wind field, you're going to get more water stirred up and in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, the record for a storm surge in the continental United States was recorded with Katrina. It was 28 feet. Crazy. And that was from the NOAA um, Meteorological Observatory. So, you know, look this stuff up. It's, it's just crazy to think about. Uh, you know, almost 2,000 people I died from Katrina, $125 billion in damage. I don't even know how you put a number on that. No. Just what I've read. It's just, it, it's crazy. And I know that, you know, things are still getting calculated with Ida and insurance claims and stuff, but it's not going to come up to anywhere near that. And kind of transitioning out of Ida and Katrina, we get into Labor Day. And I told you earlier that the um, that Ida was tied for the fifth strongest hurricane to hit the mainland U.S. with max sustained wind at 150. The strongest was the Labor Day hurricane of 1935, and that's when max sustained wind for one minute was recorded or interpolated at based on minimum pressure of 185 miles an hour. So that was way down in the Keys in 1935. So crazy to think that you can have stronger storms than what we've seen. One last fun fact, Dave. I did a lot of research. You did a lot of research. I'm listening to these facts. I'm digging these facts. So Ida, the fourth hurricane in the 21st century, to make it into the top 10 for wind speed. So that's just, it's, that crazy? It's, it's, it's depressing almost to think about that for that's just the 21st century. So yep. we're only 21 years into it. It's basically my whole time here at WTOC. And we've already had four of the top 10 strongest wind, speeds, strongest yeah. wind speeds. So yeah, crazy. Well, let's go into Labor Day. So Oof. I know I, I'm kind of feel like I'm going to take off my, uh, my professor's cap now with all my little facts and teaching, but you know, Labor Day's coming up. And that can be a, you know, an end of summer or however people see the transitioning year out of, uh, you know, the, the hottest time of the year. And it is technically meteorological fall. Start now, of fall. Yeah. Or meteorologically speaking. So, you know, we've got uh, some other things to look forward to now. You know, growing up up north, um, you know, we were still out of school for Labor Day. You know, you never went back to school until right after Labor Day. So that was kind of the start of your school season. Uh, living down the south, of course, we go back the first week of August, roughly around that time. Um, so I, I think it's a little bit different meaning for people, depending on where you are yeah. in in the country. But it does signal that we're coming to an end of the hottest times of the summer. We're getting into more of a fall. You're going to see more of the uh, fall uh, beverages out there, you know, like the pumpkin oh, spice things. Oh, yeah. And you're probably going to start to see... Yeah, I hate to say it, but I'm sure there's some Christmas stuff out at some stores already. Hey, uh, I went to one of the grocery stores there to have the little cinnamon brooms out. Yeah. See my grandma's house next to the fireplace? Yeah. They're out there. I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're getting in that time. You'll probably see a lot more Halloween stuff out there, but fall, you think of, you know, pumpkins and leaves falling and that's, that's because, and football as well. Big game coming up this weekend. That people are going to be watching. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, the game will be over. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Clemson and Georgia. We'll have to see who's going to win that one. 
be interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't I'm not a fan of either team. You know, I'm I <laughs> I know that I've lived here for a while now. Uh, you got to say you're at least a fan no. of Georgia where we're doing this podcast in Georgia. I've lived in Georgia for over 6 years now and I am not going to stray away from my Sooners. I paid way too much money for my <laughs> college degree and I'm very loyal to my Oklahoma Sooners. So at least it's not an SEC team. We will be. We're not yet. Oh, that's right. You yeah, guys are coming we're, over. We're coming over with Texas. So we're not there yet. But I still am not going to consider Oklahoma and uh, the SEC. No, it's all money. Oh, Unfortunately, yeah, of course it's it just they go where the, the money trail is. So, uh, it, you know, I wish that they could stay in the Big 12, but we're going to get off. I could do a whole podcast just on, on that. Oklahoma football is my, like, yes. hobby. It keeps my heart beating some Yeah, well, I always say that I'm Georgia by marriage. My mm-hmm. wife went to Georgia, and yeah. she's That's huge. Fair. She's very much into football, and it's, it, you live and die with football down here in the South. But, you know, growing up north – we didn't really have that. We didn't really, football wasn't that big. It was more pro for football. College, I mean, we had Syracuse. Yeah, I grew up, yeah. you know, Irish Italian. So, you know, with the Irish, we, you know, Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing that in our state that we rooted for. Well, fun fact, my, uh, one of my cousins was the drum major at Syracuse. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just oh, throw it in, okay. a little tidbit, just sprinkling in some more tidbits. Michelle so, was in the, the Georgia Red Coat Band, my wife, so. Okay, so fair. that You've got a legitimate reason to I have connections. be a Georgia fan. Yes. For me, you know, I sure want my friends to be happy, whatever. It would be nice if I could get some redemption on Georgia from the Rose Bowl because <laughs> that, I'm scarred from that. I lose sleep over it sometimes. Michelle was at that game. But what's interesting, it's funny because we, we put all of our <laughs> happiness in, I, not we, I have learned not to put my happiness in these kids who I have no control over and you know, if, if they lose, then I just need to accept that. I, I've, I've done that. I uh, was probably, I was probably a little older than you. I think when I finally came to that realization, it was, I'm a, grew up a Red Sox fan. Yeah. So you lived and died with the Red Sox and they let your heart down every year until 2004. But you know, before that, he's just like, okay, yeah, how, what a, you can't live your life just going through that. If I know. You're not out there doing it. You're watching your team, but there's no control unless you're there cheering and you feel like you're actually influencing the team and getting them in there. You know, I'm, me sitting at home and not doing anything. Yeah, exactly. other than just you know hoping that they that they win. But man, 2004 that was the best ESPN 30 for 30 when they came back. It's a great year. Okay, it was a great year, and we, we'll stick to weather. We that, can, hey, that we was can better. It was that was better beating the Yankees than winning the World Series. Yeah, well, that was <laughs> the way you did it too. To watch them come back, yeah, it was um, good. So Labor Day. Um, your, you talked about growing up for you. For me, I know I didn't really have any huge Labor Day things growing up. You know, for us, we were already in school for a bit. So it was kind of like, all right, get through the first few weeks of school. You got a three-day weekend, whatever. And then you really start to get into the thick of your coursework and such. But this weekend, you know, usually on Labor Day, uh, NASCAR fans over here, uh, me and a couple of my buddies are going to go up to Darlington. They always have the, the, the Southern 500. That's one of the big, uh, you know, crown jewel races of NASCAR. So that's going to be fun. Also, thank you for day for working Sunday so I can go and <laughs> yes. enjoy some of my racing routes. That's but all right. Not appreciate a it. Um, I do the same for him. We're a nice little weather family here. Yes. But that's that's kind of what I'm doing. And then I'm just going to uh, come back, hang out, um, forecast, of course, before that. And and I think it's worth mentioning here some of these temperatures that, that are going down. Because I don't know how, how people are on your Facebook and Twitter, Dave. People are getting antsy about cooler temperatures. They're getting tired of the heat, even though we didn't have a crazy hot summer just kind of that lingering heat that we're still having. And then we get to talk about some temperatures that are a little bit below average here um, for lows coming up. I know a lot of people have been excited about that with me and Cutter talking about it, especially just this morning. Yeah, you know, our um, average temperatures are still uh, in the low 70s, I think, uh, coming up here. We're 72, 71, something like that as we move into our Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Uh, but 
we've been seeing kind of a cooler summer, basically a very cool summer as far as the high temperatures. Now, the morning lows, for the most part, pretty much in the 70s. We did have some 60s uh, over the uh, beginning of uh, July. Uh, we had 57, I think, the beginning of June. That was Crazy. a little cool. And we actually had a 69 on Monday morning, I think. We had some 60s. But this could be some mid-60s coming up here for the weekend. So it's been a while since we've seen some mid-60s. Looking back climatologically here for the Savannah area, uh, we had a 67 degrees back in 2016, uh, a 67 in 2009, a 68 in 2005, and that's about it uh, until you go all the way back to 1995 when it was 66 and 62 in 94. So we don't normally see a lot of 60s even for our Labor Day. Yeah, and you know, I, I, the way that I see it here is whenever you get your outside temperature cooler than what most people keep their AC at, that's good. You know, I'm, I'm happy with that. And I'd never go down to, you know, the mid-60s, can't afford that. So I'm excited for the cooler, air, albeit, uh, you know, short lived yeah, and it's going to be nice. So whatever your plans are for your Labor Day weekend, I think we're going to have some nice weather, a lot of sunshine. Yeah. Uh, even though we start in the 60s, it'll be close in the upper 80s, even close to 90, it looks like, coming up on Sunday. So it'll be a nice drier afternoon out there, not quite as humid as you would expect to see. So that'll make it very nice weather. Yeah, I'm looking, you know, it's a good, easy, nice weekend for me to forecast because we've got college football coming back. Lindsay's going up to Charlotte for the game. Clemson and Georgia. Georgia Southern's playing. You've got Georgia Tech playing. So I'm going to have forecasts for those um, on Saturday, of course, and leading up to it. Friday night football's back. There's more for us to forecast for specifically than just the day or the evening itself. It's It's been fun to get back into more of the event forecasting because for us, we haven't had that. You know, we've like had your, I remember I did like a, uh, in, in COVID, it was like a sidewalk chalk forecast or a takeout <laughs> forecast. You're like, we had to get creative with these specific forecasts or like backyard camping or yeah because you know, the summertime the forecast doesn't really change no so we i we, mean we try to sprinkle in some fun stuff yeah now as you start to get into september especially more again into october you start to get some more of these cold fronts coming in so your weather can actually change just a little bit and i, I look forward to it. fall is my favorite time of the year Mine too. it's usually nice and quiet I'm knocking on wood, yes, provided we don't have any tropical systems in here. It's our drier time of the year, October into November. Um, and uh, the temperatures are, are still very nice, very comfortable. I'll take it. You know, I, I have no complaints with the weather right now. I just need the, uh, the tropics to behave for us. And uh, then I'll uh, continue to have no complaints. There you go. Well, Dave, I think uh, we covered a lot yes, here. We uh, we're going to sign off here this time. Hope you guys have a safe, a fun Labor Day. Keep an eye on the tropics. We Keep you updated every day with tropical updates on what's going out there, whether we have something close by or not. So no news is good news, but we do keep you updated. Also, you can always uh, track what's going on there in the WTOC weather app. We put multiple videos out there a day as well as you can actually see uh, on the radar what's out there in the Atlantic as well. So for uh, Chief Meteorologist Dave Turley and myself, hope you guys have a great Labor Day, and we'll talk to you guys again here soon.